gentlemen, this is David King, the writer of this month's episode of Pick Your Path, entitled Theme Park Paragon. This is episode 3.5, where the choices will be made for you, and the ending you'll get is what I consider a personal favorite. My goal with Theme Park Paragon wasn't to have a truly ultimate ending, because there is a significant split early on that divides the story entirely, whether you raise or restore the old amusement park you inherit. Either extreme has its pros and cons, satisfying conclusions, boneheaded moves, and strange characters. This path, however, gives a good sense of a solid story. To hear this episode with choices, check out episode 3. Tune back in on August 1st, where you'll be able to hear episode 4, Trapped on Channel 2, written by Matt Benson. Our theme song is by Christopher Wrigley of Bunhouse Jingles at customjingles.net. Our logo art is by Wayne Jansen of waynejansenart.com. Pick Your Path is narrated by the impeccable Matt Hawley and produced and edited by Matt Benson. Chapter 1 One Morning a mysterious letter arrives with the usual pile of junk mail and bills. It hardly stands out until you notice the first-class stamp and the fact that the letter is sealed with wax, stamped with what you recognize as an obscure family crest. Opening it, you discover that your family has an old and fairly significant trust fund, and that with the recent passing of your cantankerous yet eccentric great-aunt, her inheritance and property has been passed on to you. The amount of money listed is enough to make your eyes go wide, but there is a catch. In your aunt's will, she made it clear that the inheritor must do something significant with the property as well, to carry on the family business in order to receive the cash in full. A fraction of it has been granted to you for that purpose. That's when you learn that your aunt once ran a small amusement park, Pearl Peninsula, which has been closed for more than a decade. How your aunt got all this money, or why she chose you for this, is hard to say. But you don't waste any time making arrangements to check the place out. This is a golden opportunity to create something spectacular. Soon, you're standing at the shuttered iron gates of Pearl Peninsula, and your key undoes the heavy padlock. Judging by the squeal of the rusty hinges as you open them, no one has passed through these gates properly in a long time. You wander through the lonely forgotten remnants of the amusement park. Pearl Peninsula lived up to its name, being on a part of land that juts out over the ocean, and years of neglect have left the park weathered by rain, salt air, and seabird droppings. All the buildings are still intact, though their clapboard walls have been defaced with graffiti, their windows broken or boarded up. Odd bits and pieces of outdoor rides lie haphazardly near their original bases, Bumper cars, Ferris wheel gondolas, tilt-a-whirl pods, and others. A wooden roller coaster with a faded wooded sign proclaiming it the Razor Racer seems to dominate much of the park's skyline, now sun-bleached and abandoned, 
its timbers creaking as you pass near it. Close to that, you spot the eerie facade of the haunted hotel, a giant skeleton leering silently over the roof at you. The merry-go-round is tilted just slightly off its axis, and the paint has peeled from the menagerie of animals. You spend a good amount of time poking into every nook and cranny you can, and start thinking about your next move. There's no way you can open the park in its dilapidated state, and clearly, there's work to be done. It might have been a good idea to just raise the entire property and start fresh. It would cost you a lot, but give you room to make all kinds of modern state-of-the-art rides and attractions. However, you could also try to restore the park. Underneath the wear and tear, there's a certain nostalgic charm that could be captured. You can make Pearl Peninsula as a historic landmark, and it would cost significantly less. Or you could say screw this and hire a lawyer to try and get your aunt's money. You don't know the first thing about running a park, after all, and maybe this doesn't quite appeal to you. But you do want to get that cash. If you want to clear the land and start anew, skip to chapter 3. If you want to restore Pearl Peninsula, skip to chapter 4. Or if you want to try and get your aunt's money another way, skip to chapter 5. Chapter 4 You decide that undoing much of your great aunt's work, especially when a lot of what's here could be fixed up, is not in your best interests. Honestly, all the park needs is a good facelift, and you'll already have a bunch of potential attractions in working order. You begin by getting a proper assessment of the repairs needed. Certain things are simply too worn down and have to go, meaning there's room for expansion. Most of the attractions are salvageable, and only require a bit of TLC. Of course, safety inspections also need to happen, and there's concessions and sanitation and general upkeep, and you'll also need to think about advertising. The more you think about it, the more you realize you might not have experience to keep up with everything. It might be a good idea to find someone in the industry who can help you, and you start putting the call out for interested parties while you're making general repairs to Pearl Peninsula. Time passes, but only two organizations respond to your call. You get contacted by an executive from BVN, a major television network who's interested in talking to you about your park. At the same time, a letter in a black envelope arrives, addressed to you from an organization called Spider, the Society for the Preservation and Invention of Dark Rides, that have a history in the theme park business, and claim they want to help restore the historical significance of Pearl Peninsula. You weigh your options. BVN could be a huge boon in terms of advertising and garnering attention, but spiders seem like they know more about the practical operation of an amusement park. Either way, you can only make the time to meet with one initially. If you choose to make BVN a priority, skip to chapter 28. If you choose instead to meet with Spider, skip to chapter 26. Chapter 26 What does BVN know about amusement parks anyway? You were never a big fan of Bainbridge County, the network's most famous show, or its subsequent modern-day reboot. Spider seems like the more fitting of the two options, and you send them a reply to the positive. Shortly thereafter, you receive another black envelope with another missive, saying that Spider Chairman Carl Trimper will be happy to meet with you to inspect Pearl Peninsula at your earliest convenience. Everything gets sorted out, and you meet Carl Trimper two days later, right outside the old haunted hotel ride. The Spider Chairman is there before you arrive, staring at the giant skeleton on the roof with his arms folded. He grins broadly when he spots you, 
His handlebar mustache and top hat making him look like some sort of old-timey ringmaster. Fantastic to meet you, he says, clapping you on the shoulder. I must say, this wonderful specimen of a dark ride has caught my attention. Mind if we walk through it while we discuss business arrangements? That seems like an odd request, and you ask him why. Dark rides are my specialty, he replies. I want to see what it's like, and what sort of shape it's in. Should give me an idea what needs to be done. Here, I even brought flashlights, just in case you don't have power restored. Begrudgingly, you unlock the ride and wander along its track route with Carl. The power is indeed out, and the flashlights only make the place spookier as you move around stopped cars, push through crash doors, and pass prop furniture and static figures of monsters, ghouls, and phantoms that seem to have checked in at the haunted hotel and never checked out. All the while, Carl takes a long look at things and fingers his mustache. Fascinating. <laughs> he says. This is definitely a classic. A little dated maybe, but there's a charm here. You can tell the ride has a story to it. He turns to you and holds the flashlight under his face, making him look even more like a Victorian villain. I'll get to the point. Spider has a vested interest in the art of the dark ride. Whether old or new, they are a vanishing thing. What with all the obsession with thrill rides these days, and our goal is to preserve vintage spook houses as much as create new ones. Here's what I'm thinking. Spider is willing to help you fix up your park. And I would like to stay on as a creative consultant. All we ask for in return is that you give us the haunted hotel. We'll fix it up and operate it ourselves. And any proceeds derived by it, and only by it, go to Spider. Carl extends a hand. What do you think? Do we got a deal? You look at the hand and the grinning showman behind it. Maybe it's the shadows and the way the guy addresses too, but you can't help but feel that there's something more going on with this deal that seems too good to be true. You can't imagine the haunted hotel will be much more than a fun distraction. Besides, the ride sits on some decent area that could be better utilized by other more thrilling rides. But he could be completely sincere, in which case you'd have an experienced theme park organization backing your restoration efforts when you, yourself, don't know much about running a park. If all they want is to have control of one little ride, why not let them? If you decide to decline Carl's offer and see about negotiating some other deal, skip to chapter 27. If you agree to Carl's terms and bring Spider on board, skip to chapter 29. Chapter 29. The offer is really too excellent to pass up, and you shake Carl's hand. Splendid, he says. We'll get things set up straight away, and we'll have your park fixed and ready to go in no time at all. True to his word, within the next few days, you've got a list of priorities and a willing group of people, unusually dressed people, like Carl, they seem to enjoy a somewhat dapper gothic look. The work begins not long after. Carl proves an invaluable asset, offering advice and answering questions, but ultimately just acting as a guide to the nuances of restoring Pearl Peninsula. Some of the most dilapidated parts are torn out and cleared away, but anything that can be salvaged and fixed up is given the best restoration work possible. 
Meanwhile, Spider puts their own funds into the Haunted Hotel, giving the old Dark Ride some much-needed TLC. When your perk opens, it's advertised as a return to old glories. And you make sure to play up the nostalgia as per Carl's advice. Surprisingly enough, it does work. And the charm of a seaside amusement park brings in plenty of patrons eager to spend money to ride your rides and have a grand day out. On opening day, you wander amid all the crowd and enjoy your handiworks. So far, so good. Carl invites you to join him on the inaugural ride of the Spiffed Up Haunted Hotel. And you gotta admit, you're really impressed. Many of the effects and props have been updated, but nothing feels replaced so much as plussed. The pop-up ghouls and falling stacks of barrels remain with their jump scare fun, yet small details were taken here and there to make the ride have a more coherent story. A hotel for the supernatural and all the gags that can go with that idea. You tell Carl this when you exit the ride, and he beams. You see, this is the kind of work we do. We don't just fix up dock rides, we make them more. The first few months of park operation go well, with Pearl Peninsula slowly getting a following. You're pretty sure your aunt's inheritance will be yours in no time. But first, you think it's time you made plans to expand the park. Carl, of course, is quick to propose a plan. We already have some fine attractions, but you know Spider's area of expertise, my friend. You can fill those gaps in your park with more quality dark rides, and we'll happily help you out there. I mean, the crowd loves what we've done with the haunted hotel. He does have a point. Surprisingly enough, the hotel has become one of your most popular rides. And having more attractions like that built by business pros is certainly tempting. On the other hand, one dark ride could be enough. And you could build a plethora of different rides for different thrills. Maybe even make room for another roller coaster. If you like Carl's plan and decide to build more dark rides, skip to chapter 30. If you want to add a variety of rides and attractions, skip to chapter 31. Chapter 31. You tell Carl thanks, but no thanks. One good dark ride is enough, and you want to make sure your guests have some options when it comes to the rides. That space would be better used for high-profile attractions like roller coasters. Carl sighs. That's a shame. Those rides are completely overrated in my opinion, but you're in charge here so it's your call. Overrated or not, you build a few choice, updated rides and attractions in the open spaces, being careful to have them match aesthetically with the older rides of Pearl Peninsula. Go-karts here, oyster-shaped teacups there, and a lost freefall tower in the corner. You don't want to use up too much room yet, since you're still having space for another roller coaster to go with the revamped Razor Razor, but this seems a good start. Your park may be low-key right now, but you're slowly gaining ground. Then, only a few months in, the accidents start happening. Your merry-go-round is suddenly plagued with frequent breakdowns. The ferris wheel stops turning and won't start up again. Your freefall tower switches to a high-speed launch instead of a gradual drop, and nearly sends your riders off into orbit. A mysterious fire nearly burns down your bumper cars, and to top it all off, a section of track on Razor Racer actually falls off, forcing you to shut down the ride and spend months repairing it. These all happen one right after the other, over the course of a few weeks. And it's really starting to affect not just your business, but your peace of mind. The accidents seem random, and yet you can't help but feel that there's something more going on here than just a string of bad luck. 
To make matters worse, the safety inspectors have begun looking into it and are breathing down your neck about closing a number of your rides due to appalling safety measures until they are completely fit by their standards. Confronting Carl about this brings little comfort. I know we did as much fixing up as we could, he says. A lot of the rides themselves are fairly old though. Improving the safety measures might be all you need. When you point out that some of your new rides have had problems too, he quirks an eyebrow. Are you thinking that it might be sabotage? A bit of a stretch, honestly. Who would want to do something like that? You're not sure, but you can't shake the feeling someone is trying to do your park in. You'd best make a decision. So far, no one's been hurt. But who's to say that will last? If you think safety should be your main priority, skip to chapter 32. If you invest your energy into looking for possible sabotage, skip to chapter 35. Chapter 35 The accident seemed too specific, too deliberate to be anything random. If it is indeed sabotage, then there's bound to be evidence for you to find. You begin your digging by going through all the security footage over the past several weeks by yourself, specifically the days of the accidents. It's tedious work, but you're determined to find a connection. Several long nights are spent examining the video, and slowly you start to notice something. Very often, the same people are in the park on the same day that something happened. This isn't terribly surprising, since you do have repeat guests. You start to recognize specific features and details on at least three people despite changing clothes and hats between visits. Then you spot a potential lead. At different points on different visits, each of the three suspects is seen bearing some sort of logo, either worn on a t-shirt or baseball cap, or printed on a backpack or bag. A quick search is all it takes to identify it as Tycoon Industries, a multinational amusement park conglomerate. You doubt its coincidence, but you're confused. Why would such a huge company seek to sabotage your little park? If they're trying to be inconspicuous, it's not working. You still aim to get to the bottom of things though, and soon you're winging your way across the country to Tycoon Towers, their headquarters and the largest theme park on the planet. The meeting has been worked out between you and the CEO, Tyra Kuhn, the granddaughter of the company founder. It's on the pretense of incorporating Pearl Peninsula with them, but you have other plans. Tycoon Towers lives up to its name. A massive tower reminiscent of the Space Needle climbs hundreds of feet into the sky from the epicenter of the park. Surrounded by five distinctly themed areas and the best rides and entertainment to be found anywhere. Walking through to get to the tower is like setting foot in an eternal carnival, where everything is pristine and clean and fun and whimsy are around every corner. There is nothing subtle about it. The tower also has rides built around and through corporate headquarters. And you're asked if you'd like to take the Sky Launch, the Platinum Pincers, or the Free Glide up to the main office on the top floor. You opt for the elevator, a little overwhelmed. When you finally get to the top floor, you see an impressive sweeping vista of the park's nighttime lights spread out below you from the windows ringing the office. Tyra Coon is looking at this view when you arrive, and appears to you like a spy movie villain at this angle. She's tall and scary slender, her business suit immaculate. And when she smiles at you over her shoulder, it feels calculated, fake, like the park below. I am glad you can make it, she says. Let's get down to business, shall we? 
I understand you've been refurbishing Pearl Peninsula. Maybe it's the atmosphere, the fact that you're on edge, but you decide to cut right to the chase. You sit down across her desk and tell her everything, laying your grievances out in the open. You don't point fingers, but you make it evident that you're feeling suspicious. Tyra listens intently, and when you finish, she steeples her fingers. So you came to me on a whim, I take it. Thought I might have some plan to ruin your little park. I should feel insulted, but I don't. Tycoon Industries being as big as it is, I get this sort of scrutiny all the time. She stands and gestures to the view. Let me tell you something. When my grandfather, Tyler Coon, bought this land, there was nothing here but apricot trees. Acres and acres of them. But Grandpa had a vision, and he had the know-how to turn a little amusement park into a world-renowned resort. You know what inspired him? Places like Pearl Peninsula. Fun fairs and pleasure piers he visited while traveling around the country selling appliances. Little pockets of happiness in a weary world. Tyra sits again and looks you in the eye, her gaze piercing. Why do you think I would want to decimate your park? We care about our history here. When you tell her that you suspect it's to eliminate a rival, she laughs. <laughs> oh, you assume too much. Just because a park operates outside of our company doesn't mean we want to tear it down. You're jumping at shadows. We sell loads of merchandise and apparel with our logo, and anyone could have bought it. You do mention, after a pause, that you've been working with Spider to restore the park. Ugh, snorts Tyra in disgust. Those hacks. They're fanatics, old money enthusiasts who practically worship dark rides and hate everything else. I didn't realize you were working with that cult. No wonder your park is on the ropes. Where to the wise, I wouldn't trust Carl Trimper and his cronies. I think you're smart, but you just don't know any better in this case. If anyone is trying to sabotage your park, it's Spider. Now, are we going to talk about you joining us or not? Later in your guest suite in the tower, you start considering your next move. You told Tyra you would be willing to negotiate the next day, buying some time. What she did say about Spider does seem spot on, and as you think about it, every ride in your park has been affected some way or another during these mishaps at least once. Everything but the haunted hotel. Carl did seem fairly disappointed you didn't go with his dark ride idea, but you get a weird vibe from Tyra as well. If you know anything about big business, these CEOs have to be cutthroat and manipulative to see things through. Something about her brushing your problems off seems suspicious, and she's still a viable suspect. If you choose to head back to Pearl Peninsula and investigate Spider, skip to chapter 36. If you want to stick around and do a bit of digging at Tycoon Industries, skip to chapter 37. Chapter 36 After a night's rest, you get up bright and early to make preparations to get back home. You think Tyra is being honest, but there's still a lot of questions you have and you want to confront Carl about it but carefully so as not to show your hand. You do thank Tyra for her hospitality, only saying an emergency has pulled you away. You don't tell anyone about your early return, simply hopping on the first flight home you can get. It's risky, but intuition tells you that this is for the best. If all goes well, you could finally figure out who's behind your park's ruin. 
It's late at night when you get back to Pearl Peninsula, and the park is just closing for the night. You attempt to be subtle and slip in unnoticed, taking one of the janitor's uniforms and heading in. It feels strange skulking around your own theme park. Though you have no clue who to trust at this point, anyone could be in on the sabotage scheme. You walk through the dark, quiet midway and keep your eye out for anything suspicious, trying to make a show of sweeping trash in the paths. Suddenly, you spot a familiar top hat and mustache crossing the midway. It's Carl, marching along with a box under one arm and followed by a couple of maintenance people. In a flash, you recognize one of the men from the security tapes. You keep your distance and shadow them as they make their way to the entrance of the Razor Racer. Two of the maintenance people are waiting there, who nod to Carl and unlock the queue gate. They go together to the loading platform, and there Carl opens his box and starts passing things to the others. You can't quite tell what's happening from the distance you're at, but an acrid smell hits you even from here as they start spreading something along the platform. Something sinister is definitely afoot. You consider running up there and confronting them, stopping whatever it is they're doing. Thankfully, your logic kicks in. Five to one are bad odds. Instead, you duck around a corner and call park security, and then the police. And not a moment too soon. Security arrive and puts their flashlights on them, just as Carl is lighting a match and the rest of the group is backing away. Caught red-handed, Carl looks flustered and bewildered. The match burns down to his fingers and burns him. Police investigations later prove your suspicions were correct. The saboteurs you saw on the tapes were all members of Spider in disguise, posing as members of Tycoon Industries to throw you off a scent. The night you caught them in the act, they were planning a masterstroke of arson by burning down the Razor Racer. Carl was staging everything. He wanted to build some sort of dark ride haven, and was angry that you built rides other than those he's fanatical about. I would have gotten away with it too. He moans, looking strange in orange prison attire. I had a vision for this place, you know. Something beautiful. Now it's just another mixed bag of thrill rides and cheap entertainment. No one appreciates art anymore. Whatever Carl and his weird society think, you've managed to save your park, and in doing so, saved your chance of getting your aunt's inheritance. It comes to you soon after, and you start making expansion efforts. You even build a couple new dark rides, just to make sure there's something for everyone. After all, you are a theme park paragon. This path ends here. Hi, I'm Brendan Creasy. And I'm Phil Vecchio. And we are the hosts of Radio Brendo Man on the Benview Network. We talk about all kinds of stuff on our podcast. Like what? Like toys and movies and video games and books and other stuff. Poo. Talk about poo? Definitely talk about poo. And you, if, you, if that sounds cool to you and we talk about it every week, go to RadioBrendo.com or go to our page on BenviewNetwork.com. And yeah, thanks a lot. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.